Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is John Macy, who's an Alexander Technique teacher and a physical therapist, lives in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, John and I have been colleagues for a great many years. We work together um, from time to time. And uh, John recently, um, well, I, I'll tell a story in a second, but we're going to talk today about a little project that John did while on vacation, I think mainly in Austria. Is that right, John? Yeah. You know, that was where I was most of the time. Yeah. I mean, most people, when they go on vacation, they might take a couple of books with them, maybe a novel or a bit of history. But John uh, chose to take the four books of F. Matthias Alexander and read them cover to cover. And um, I guess the first question, John, is what prompted you to do that? Well, let me clarify. I only read two of the books in Austria. <laughs> I got one done before I left and one as soon as I returned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had been asked to write part of a chapter for a physical therapy text for PT students on the Alexander Technique about a year and a half ago. And long story short is deadlines coming up. And I really think that if somebody's going to write something, they should go back to the source documents. So that's what motivated me to go back and read them all through in a very short period <clears throat> in order to see what Alexander had said. Mm -hmm. I had read bits and pieces of them in the last 20 years. I'd read them all through before, mm -hmm. but I had never sat down and read them and I concentrated one time through one after another mm -hmm. like that since. So it's probably been 25 years since I did that. And did you start with uh, Man's Supreme Inheritance and go through sequentially? No, I didn't. I actually started with the Universal Constant in Living. Mm -hmm. And I followed that with Constructive Conscious Control of the Individual, then the Use of the Self. And I finished with Man's Supreme Inheritance. Mm-hmm. <coughs> No particular reason, except that that's just the order that I picked them up off my, my desk. Okay. I, I myself read through all of Alexander's four books many years ago. My, my strategy was to spend about 15 minutes a day, and I would read as far as I could get in that. And if I, if I felt I understood what I'd read, I'd move on. But if I thought there was anything that was confusing, I'd just come back the next day and read it over again. And uh, sometimes I would read a section seven or eight times, usually once, sometimes twice. And I did find it a pretty amazing experience uh, to do that. Um, what, what is it that would you say you got out of that in particular? I think I got two things out of it. One was having a much better sense of where in history he was writing the individual books. Mm-hmm how much was going on in the culture around him before the First World War and then between and into the Second World War as he was writing these. So the cultural milieu that he was presenting his ideas to and in and how that influenced him. The other thing I got out of it, however, was how much of a scientist he really was about what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He was doing just real science. He was observing, making a hypothesis, running the experiment and doing it again and again and again and again mm -hmm. and sticking with that. Mm -hmm. And that's a trait that I think 
is lost a lot in the world anymore. People talk about scientists in very specific terms, like they're special people, but it's really people who use the scientific method are scientists. Mm -hmm. And I was very struck that that's exactly what Alexander was doing, mm -hmm. except that he was doing it with himself as a model. That's right. what he was observing. It's one of the trickiest uh, types of experiment to run is one where you are the experimenter and the experimentee at the same time. Mm -hmm. It is interesting that John Dewey made a point of saying in, in the introduction to one of Alexander's books that Alexander, basically the same thing you said, that Alexander was a true scientist. Mm -hmm. He was running experiments and checking it out. And I think, you know, another thing about that is that that approach to working on oneself or with oneself, that can be the basis of an awful lot of Alexander Technique teaching today. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I have my students run experiments constantly. I try to get them into that mode of, well, let's try this, see what happens. And maybe it'll be useful and maybe not. It doesn't really matter. You'll find out something useful either way. Well, I think that's, to me, that is what the technique is, mm -hmm. is learning how to have that attitude of what am I doing that's not getting me what I want? Mm -hmm. How can I consciously make a change in it? And that requires just applying this kind of methodology to stand back and say, what am I doing? What can I change? Does that get me more to it? And am I doing it consciously? The whole discovery of primary control and those other components are part of it. Mm -hmm. But I think at heart, the technique part of the technique is that way of thinking that underlies it. Yeah, abs absolutely. Absolutely. And to get back to the first point you made, um, that reading the books gave you uh, an insight into the, his audience, as it were, what the times what 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 um how would you describe that audience and and how is it why is it important for us today in very different times to know a little about that i think it's important because his audience was he was at a period particularly at the beginning of the 20th century where quote physical culture unquote was very popular mm -hmm. exercises breathing programs diets a lot of the stuff that we saw again in the 80s and 90s from the exercise crazes to you know new diets and such was happening back then also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you have to remember this is also a period where they didn't have antibiotics. Mm -hmm. People died of a lot of respiratory diseases. Mm -hmm. And the only thing they could really offer them was exercises to improve their respiratory system, which is part of where Alexander got his start. Or, or ship them off to a sanatorium. That was part of it also. Yeah. So he had a great motivation for improving people's function, function writ large, because there wasn't a lot to offer people with a lot of different diseases except making your organism as strong as possible to get your immune system to work to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so he had that audience of people who were looking for ways to be healthy in a general sense because their lives depended on it. But it was also a period where you had a lot of new things going on. Psychotherapy, psychoanalysis was really coming to the fore. And so there's this whole idea about what is the psyche and how does it influence our thinking and our movement and our behavior. Mm -hmm. Also, the whole idea of neurology was just coming along where Sherrington had figured out how to stain nervous tissues and they could start tracking where the nerves were in the body and what connected to who. 
Right, right. So it was this wonderful milieu of discovery about what was a human being doing on many levels that he was addressing and saying, hey, look, if we just watch what one does, we can probably reason out what the wiring is and the control systems are that lead to this behavior, mm-hmm. which is what he did. Yeah, that is what he did. And and it, it and to return to the experiment side of things, um, you and I both were students of Marge Barstow, and she um, used to say that in that first chapter of Use of the Self, where Alexander describes uh, the process he went through, Marge used to say that, in her opinion, the most important sentence in that chapter was where he said, I tried so many different things that I don't even have time to put into this chapter. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, that that is exactly, I'm paraphrasing there, but that's Mm -hmm. exactly what you might expect of someone running experiments in a field where there wasn't much to go on. Yeah. I mean, think of Edison. It's said that he tried something like, Seven or eight hundred different ways of making light bulbs before you hit on the one that works. That's right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Trying exactly. to figure it out. The other thing I'm wondering, I know when I read Alexander's books years ago, the thing that struck me is there, there, there's a lot of weird stuff in there. There's a lot of stuff that's probably forgettable, but there are just gems of wisdom tucked away in in the oddest places in that book. You'll be reading along and suddenly there'll be a sentence or a paragraph that just says something absolutely brilliantly about human beings and how how we function. Mm-hmm. And, the, and so I think if for no other reason, that would be a very good uh, good reason for reading book, Alexander's books. Would you, I assume you would recommend Alexander teachers read them through, Alex, serious students read them, read the books through? I would, especially teachers, because I can say for myself that now that I've got this many years of teaching under my belt, I have a much greater appreciation of when he's really talking about the technique and when he's trying to sell and convince people that this technique is useful. Right, right. And And both tracks are going on in every book. Exactly, yeah. Both tracks are going on. And it's, yeah, and it's good to be clear about that as you're you're reading his books. Right. And what would you say uh, for someone who hasn't had lessons but just wants to learn more about the technique, would you recommend they read Alexander's books? I I recommend that to everybody who asks me about Alexander Technique lessons, uh-huh. uh, particularly the use of the self, which has my favorite line in all of his books, where he says, "Anybody can do what I did, mm-hmm. if they do what I did." Yeah, yeah, right. I, you know, it's and I tell students or prospective students, if you are interested in the technique, look through, read part of the use of the self, see what it is. So that when you go to any teacher, you can assess, are they doing this? Mm-hmm. Is this what I'm after? And the this, the this that you're referring to being the basic approach to things, not necessarily specific procedures of teaching. That's correct. It's yeah. about are they addressing these ideas and giving you tools? Because Alexander, in several of the books, I think it, 
the last three, each of them, I believe, has at some point where he talks about, I had to use every trick that I knew, or it was a matter of pedagogy, but I won't talk about what I did because that mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. This is the idea that I have to get across as a teacher. Right. And that separates the pedagogy from the concepts. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And he, he also says that um, um, in one of his books, he refers to the teacher's art, you know, and the idea being that some teachers will be better, would, would approach a particular student one way, another teacher might, might have a very different way because the teachers are different people and they have different strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And to, and I think as far as Alexander was concerned, that's that's just the uh, the lay of the land. I mean, you can, you're not going to have a standardized teaching process. You're going to have people who've you know well, gone gone through what Alexander went through, at least to some extent, and are now trying to help others on that same path. Yes, and again, if he was as good as a, as observing people as I contend he was, mm-hmm. then he certainly knew that there were these kind of differences in how people would teach and approach and what they see. That's the reality. Yeah, and I think he... he and I, <clears throat> I wonder if that isn't part of why he wasn't reluctant, why he was reluctant for so long to have a formal training course. I don't know. I don't either. I don't, wasn't I don't there. know. If, my suspicion is that because I believe it's at the uh, Universal... No... CCC, Constructive Conscious Control of the Individual, that he talks about in the preface that he started a little training school to teach teachers. Right. And I think he was waiting until he felt he had a solid enough body of knowledge that he could give to those students. Mm-hmm. I think he felt he was experimenting and trying too much to have something solid to hand to them and say, yes, if you're doing this, this is a value and I will stand by you having that learning. I don't think he was afraid to give it to him. I think he just didn't have enough in the box to start selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could well be. Anything else you want to say about Alexander's books before we bring this to a close? I would say for teachers that it's well worth your time to read them again and read them straight through because they do build on and refer to each other. Mm-hmm. And it just it has changed how I look at and do the technique, work with the technique entirely. Mm-hmm. And that period that I read them, so it's it's a very interesting transformation that you might get by reading through the source ideas after mm-hmm. you've worked with them for a few years. Well, you know, it is kind of mostly what we have about Alexander from himself. We don't have any audios. We don't have we have a few video clips, and we have accounts of other people, and we have scattered writings and pamphlets and so on that have been collected. We even have a sort of autobiography um, that ends pretty early on. Um, But, you know, (laughs) his four books are kind of the core of what he he left us. And And he wrote them with the intention of them serving that purpose. He did, and it seems to me as though he... I, I don't really know how much he went back and changed stuff for later editions, but I think he left a lot of stuff in that maybe he had changed his mind about later, but he, I think Walter Carrington once said, he just figured I said it then, so it will just be kind of part of the historic record or something to that effect. Well, the interesting 
part about that is that <clears throat> the uh, Man's Supreme Inheritance was first, but it was also the last that was published. It was also published in 1946 at the end of the Second World War. And he went through it looking for revisions, put a new preface in it, and very little changed in the book. He decided, no, this is all solid enough. I'm mm -hmm. going to keep it in. So his first book was also his last book. Well, I didn't know that. I thought uh, Use of the Self, uh, I guess the original Use of the Self came out just before World War II. Is that right? And then uh, I'm not sure of the history. No, they came out between the wars. The Man Supreme and uh, Universal Constant came out in 1940. It was right before the United States had gotten involved in the war. Right. And it right. was dedicated to the people of Britain for stopping the forces of fascism. Yeah. Yeah, and at the and the the edition that came out after the war of that same book, uh, he says, "I told, I warned you about the Germans way back. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't listen to me." Anyway, um, well, let's let's end the con conversation on that note. <clears throat> My guest today has been John Macy, an Alexander Technique teacher in Omaha, Nebraska. We'll put a link to his website by the interview. John, thanks so much for this. It's a pleasure, Robert.